and, and if you're a child, you're, you're dismissed to Children's Church this morning. We're, we're glad you're here. You got it? Thank you, Heather. Hey, give Heather a hand. She is awesome. We love us and Miss Heather, and th- those kids are, you, you, can, you can rest assured they're in great hands for the next hour and 30 minutes while I preach, all right? Today, let me ask you something. We're, we're in this day, and we've got, we've got some folks in here who are in shape. And I know round is a shape, but that's not what I'm talking about. Uh, we got some folks who, who train, who like to run, and, and, and like the only way this body's running is, is if I can't whoop what's chasing me, right? Like, we've got some folks who intentionally run, and we've got folks who like to work out, and we've got, we've got that, and, and our culture says being strong is a good thing, right? Like, you don't see commercials on TV where they're like, why don't you lose muscle tone? That'd be great, right? It's not there. Every commercial is either something about a weight loss or there's some special pill that's going to make you skinny and strong and look 30 years younger and grow your hair back, right? Every commercial's that way or it's a lawyer, Alexander Shinar, right? That brother's got the market. Like, I, I, wish, I, I wish I had his PR staff with us, like, because he's everywhere. Everywhere we look, that's, that's what we see here. There's a guy in the Bible who is incredibly unique to the text. In fact, you've heard of him before and you don't know why you've heard of him. If I say the name King Uzziah, most people are like, oh, King Uzziah, that name sounds, like most of us would argue that name sounds familiar, at least on some level. And, and we'll ask, why does that name sound familiar? Well, one of the most grandstand passages in all of the Bible is Isaiah chapter 6. In Isaiah chapter 6, it says that the prophet Isaiah gives us a time marker and he says, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord, and he was high and lifted up. And the train of his robe filled the temple. And above him stood seraphim with six wings, one to cover their head, one to cover their feet, and with two they flew. And so that's how we, most of us, that's the identifier in which we have heard the name King Uzziah. And it's mentioned in a marker of death. It's like, in the year the brother died, this happened. And so for most of us, that is how we know King Uzziah. That's how we've heard of this brother. But, But he actually has a story in the Bible. If you'll turn with me in your Bible to 2 Chronicles chapter 26. That's in the Old Testament. If you're new to the Bible, it's in the, the Old Testament. It should be closer to the front of your Bible. And if you are new to us, there's an Old and a New Testament. One of them talked about the New Testament coming. The promise of the New Testament is great. They complete one another. They don't fight against each other. They lie in harmony together. The Old Testament is a beautiful picture. For me, I know what the Old Testament is biblically. In simplest form, the Old Testament is the measuring stick. And and what God did with the law was to show the Israelites that you're not good enough. That's what what the purpose of the Old Testament is. It's to show you that you're not good enough and you need a Savior. And then it starts talking about the promise of a Savior. It starts talking about how God's going to change the culture through this guy. And then for 400 years, God went silent and then Jesus entered But today, we have a thought. We have a guy here who we're going to look at and we're going to learn from. Last week, we talked about remaining in the Lord. 
talked about the importance of remaining. We talked about why we remain in the Lord. And I'm going to tell you today, the reason we remain in the Lord is because we must stay weak. Must stay weak. Now, for most of us, that's an odd statement. Like when you read the title in the bulletin this morning about the sermon, and it says, remaining weak in the Lord, you're like, what is this? We're going to learn today about a guy who struggled trying to be strong. So if you have your copy of God's Word, let's go to Second Chronicles. It says in verse 26, starting in verse 1, it said, In all the people of Judah. How many is all? Yeah, they're every one of them, right? And all the people of Judah took Uzziah, who was 16 years old, and made him king instead of his father, Amaziah. Now you're talking about a weird dinner, right? Hey, Daddy, they picked me, right? So he built Elith, and he restored it to Judah after the king slept with his father. So after the king died, the people promoted Uzziah above his father. It says Uzziah was 16 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned for 52 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Jacola of Jerusalem, and he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord according to his father Amaziah who, and what he had done. He set himself to seek God in the days of Zechariah, who instructed him in the fear of God. And as long as he sought the Lord, God made him prosper. He went out and he made war against the Philistines. And he broke through the wall at Gath and the wall of Jebna and the wall of Ashdod. He built cities in the territories of Ashdod and everywhere among the Philistines. God helped him against the Philistines and against the Arabians who lived in Gerbal and against the Menunites. And the Amorites paid tribute to Uzziah and his fame spread even to the borders of Egypt for he became very strong. Moreover, Uzziah built towers in Jerusalem at the corner gate and at the valley gate and at the angle and he fortified them and he built towers in the wilderness and he he cut out many cisterns and he had large herds both in Shepila and in the plains. He had fertile land for he loved the soul. He was a farmer, he was a wine dresser. He loved the soul. Moreover, Uzziah had an army of soldiers fit for war in divisions according to the numbers in the muster made by Jeel, the secretary of Miasa, the officer. Under the direction of Hananiah, one of the king's commanders, the whole number of the heads of the father's house of mighty men of valor was 2,600, and then under their care was an army of 307,500 who could make more with mighty power to help the king against the enemy. Uzziah prepared for the army shields and spears and helmets and coats of mail, bows and stones for slings. In Jerusalem, he made machines invented by skillful men to be on the towers of the corners to shoot arrows and great stones. And his fame spread far, and he was marvelously helped. This is an incredible story in the Bible. This is an incredible story about a guy named Uzziah. He's the king of Judah. Now, this king, he, he had a weird upbringing. He, he knew about the Lord. 
He knew about God. He's in the day of the prophet Zechariah, and, and he's here, and he's elevated the king. Now listen, I don't know what you were doing at 16. Don't know. You probably weren't king of Judah, right? Like, I wasn't king of anything, and that was a good thing. Like, I, I promise you, like my wife will tell you, I may, my mother-in-law's here, she will tell you. Like, I wasn't the smartest teenager. In fact, teenage boys are some of the dumbest creatures God ever created. Now, they get out of that. They'll grow out of that. You're a teenage boy. There's hope for you. You won't stay there. But it seems a teenage boy has one or two things on his mind, and they will be his destruction if he's not careful. Right? And so we have this guy who is in his adolescence, and now he's king. He's made king. There's something about this young man that all of Judah goes, he's our guy. He's it. King died, that's a very poetic way when it says that the king went to sleep with his fathers. That means he died. They buried him. So the king had died, and they have this guy. They've got Uzziah's father, but Uzziah's father had some issues. He didn't walk with the Lord. He, he, he may have had some spiritual enlightenment in his soul, but he wasn't what we would call a believer. And yet, so the people looked at him, and they, they looked beyond him, and they found his 16-year-old son, and they said, that's who we want as our king. And it's crazy that a whole country, the whole country of Judea goes, he's ours. That's the young one. That's who we want. But here's a unique thought here's a unique thought it says that about king uzziah that he saw the lord if we're going to remain weak so that we can be fruitful for the kingdom we must start by having a fear of the lord and then we will seek the lord having fear of the lord anybody fear the lord these days like when you think about what our culture is, it, there, there, there's not a cultural acceptance of fear of the Lord. In fact, we, we've made Jesus our BFF, right? We, we've made him our best friend, and we've made him all of these things. And, and, and what we have done is stripped him of his deity. For some of us, when we talk about God, he's not the word that we use right before a cuss word. He's God of creation. He's not somebody that we throw around loosely. He's creator of all, sustainer of all. And the Bible tells us he's the author of salvation. We must have a reverent fear of the Lord. Main reason we're struggling in here is because most of us have a poor view of authority. Don't tell me what to do. Don't tell me what to do. You don't, you're not my boss. Most of us have this, and it's worse as we go in generations. It's worse as we go in generations. In fact, millennials today are struggling mildly here. They've been told their whole lives they can do anything. And, that, and a parent should tell your child that you, you can do anything. But a parent should also press, press hard the discipline of obeying authority. Obeying where God has placed someone over you. There's a lot of humility that goes there. We must fear the Lord, it says about Uzziah, it tells us in here that Uzziah feared the Lord. Look at me, look with me in verse 5. He, he set himself up to seek God in the days of Zechariah, who instructed him in the fear of the Lord. This is beautiful because this is discipleship. 
So when we talk about our church method and we talk about how we want people to know God and we want people to find community, our third pillar is we want people to make disciples. You guys crushed it there. Um, We want people to make disciples. This has been the whole time. This has been the whole time. Here we have Zechariah the prophet who is investing into Uzziah a a healthy fear of the Lord because he's not going to get this on his own. He's not going to get this sense of discipleship when he wakes up in the morning. You don't accidentally grow in the Lord. You never have. You don't lay on your Bible and somehow through osmosis, you become more like Christ. That's not how this thing works. You grow in the Lord on purpose. It's never an accident. And so we have here, we have a guy named Zechariah who's a a prophet in the Old Testament. and, And he is instructing the king. There's a reason why we need to pray not only for our president, but the men around him who has his ear. We pray that they're speaking life. We've got a guy here in Zechariah who is encouraging. He's pressing into Uzziah a healthy fear of the Lord. It says not only did he have a fear for the Lord, but it says that he sought the Lord. It says that he sought the Lord. He had intentionality in seeking him out. Are you seeking God? Do we seek God in all that we do? Here we have this teenager who has a fear of the Lord and yet he's seeking him. He's seeking him in the decisions. Because he understands the weight of his job. He understands the weight of where God has placed him. And so instead of freaking out in the position, he says, I'm just going to seek the Lord. And listen, that sounds easy. That sounds easy. What are you going to do? We're just going to seek the Lord. You've got to be careful when, when you start out to seek the Lord and make sure you're intentional with what you're doing. Paul says, test every spirit that you receive. The reason Paul says test every spirit that you receive is because not every spirit that you get is from the Lord. So he says test them. As you seek the Lord, you have intentionality. Your own purpose looking for God's movement. Many of us, if God moved right in front of us, we wouldn't even be ready for it. If God did an amazing work and, and, and thousands of people came to know Christ in our community, we wouldn't even be ready for it. In fact, we'd have some that doubted a movement of the Lord. We're not not actively seeking Him as much as we're actively seeking our own personal advancement. Here we had Uzziah, who wasn't impressed with his own self or his stature. He wasn't impressed with how many people liked him. He wasn't impressed with what the the country thought of him. Listen, this brother could have came in proud. This brother could have walked in, kicked the doors open in Judea and said, He's here. Y'all look at him. 16 years old, I own this thing. He didn't. He walked in and there was a sense of humility about him because he was seeking God. It says that that he he grew up and and he waged war. This brother's a man's man. This is the Chuck Norris of the Old Testament. Like, when you read this passage, you like this guy. Like, he waged war. He built war walls, right? He separated sin. He separated the Philistines. He waged war with them. He pressed them out of the land that God had given them. He was doing some incredible things. It says that that he was a army guy. He fitted the army. First time in the Bible that the army had gear. 
So they're not just out there flailing around, but they, they're actually trained. He said they've got officers in the army now, so they're structured to what this brother's doing. And yet, not only is he a, a vicious attacker, but he, but he also has a gentle side. He loves the ground. He loves, he's a horticulturalist. Like He wants to see things grow. Him and JB would have been good friends, right? He, 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 had, he had wine dressers, and, and he realized he couldn't do it all, so he had people in positions. He was handing the ball off so people could go do these things. It says his fame spread all the way to Egypt. Like, that's a long way. And, and nobody's tweeting about it, right? Like, how are they hearing about this? Word of mouth, people are going, hey, have you, been to, have you been to Judah lately? No, I haven't been up there. What's been going on? How's that pita bread, Right? Like, no, bro, they got a king up there who's rolling. Uzziah's got that place in order. Man, you can't find a Philistine up there. He's ran them out. Man, they're worshiping God. They're, they've, they're building things. The Bible says that he built machinery to go on top of the wall that would shoot arrows. And some of you ain't impressed. Bro, this was 7,000 years before a gun was created. This brother made one. The first machine gun in the Bible. But this guy's awesome. Like, I like this guy. I'm reading the passage, and, and I'm, a, I'm a Uzziah fan. He's doing some incredible things. He's seeking the Lord. He's capturing. He's waging war. Hey, he's got people paying him for his friendship. We like this guy. We're all reading this going, yeah, this dude's awesome. He's helped by the Lord. Anybody want to be helped by the Lord today? Man. Sometimes I just like the Lord to look over and, and give me that head nod, right? The Bible says this brother was helped. He was helped. God had, had placed blessings on him. He's 16 years old and he is rocking. He, you know he's sitting in bed at night going, I don't know why they talk about being king so hard. I got people paying me. Other countries are, are paying me not to invade them. This is incredible. Verse 15, it talks about his machine gun. It says, in Jerusalem, he made machines invented by skillful men to be on the towers and on the corners to shoot arrows and great stones. His fame spread far, for he was marvelously helped until he was strong. This brother was capturing all of the east he had the favor of the Lord poured out on him and it says that he had that he was he wasn't just helped he wasn't just helped Bible says he was marvelously helped he was marvelously helped until he was strong it says until he was strong see when we're weak and the Lord will prosper. Will prosper. When we're weak, we're helped. When we're weak, we're helped. When we're weak, we're blessed. This brother was blessed beyond measure. This brother was blessed beyond measure. He, he had all resources available to him. And he was trusting in the Lord to do incredible things. When we're weak, we rely on the Lord. I look back through seasons of my life, look back through moments in mine and Katie's marriage and 
And I look back at those times, and, and I think, man, some of our most fruitful times, not only in ministry, but walking with Jesus in general, were those moments when, when we couldn't control the situation. We worship the Lord better when we're in full reliance on Him. When he, when he gets you to the place where you have to say, Lord, if you don't do this, we're in trouble. Or if you don't do this, we're done. If you don't do this, it's over. We're trusting fully in you. We're relying on you. We're placing all the weight on you because what we're saying is we're not able. It's that moment of declaration of our weakness that God shows out. That God shows out. But we say this all the time. At the heart of man, the greatest desire is to be God. At man's heart, the greatest desire that he has is to be God. We don't want to admit our weakness. In fact, we don't want to relinquish any authority. We don't want to give over any power. We want to be able to control the situation for whatever. And we've seen God move mountains. Like, I've seen God show up, and if God didn't show up, we were in trouble. And he showed up. Not only show up, but he showed out. And yet, I'll come to him again with something small. I'm like, I got this. What? What? God just moved a mountain, and yet I'm going, no, I got, I got this. You, you, go, you go do something else. We know you got kids in Africa that need, like, we will do all of these things to give ourselves authority and power, and yet the Lord's called us to deny ourselves. The Lord's called us, according to Galatians, to die so that Christ may live. We're giving authority so that he may reign. It says that Uzziah was marvelously helped till he was strong. When we become strong, we fall. Look at your neighbor and say, when you come, become strong, you will fall. When we become strong, we fall. Strength leads to pride. Can I tell you that again? Strength leads to pride. When you start thinking you're somebody, my friend, you're close to falling. You're no, the reason Jesus had to die was because you're nobody. In fact, that's okay. Like everybody, one time, you just think, maybe the first time you've ever done this. You need to declare this morning you're a nobody. On count three, you just say, I'm a nobody. One, two, three, I'm a nobody. Now, if we could believe that, man, if we could grasp that, if we could live in that, saying, hey, we're nobody, but we know somebody. It ain't about us. It's about who, who came and did something for us that we couldn't do. It's about Jesus. Strength leads to pride. Let's pick back up with Uzziah because he was marvelously helped until he was strong. Verse 16 says, but when he was strong, he grew proud to his destruction. For he was unfaithful to the Lord his God he entered the temple of the Lord to burn incense on the altar of incense. But Azariah the priest went after him with 80 priests of the Lord who were men of valor. And they withstood King Uzziah. And they said to him, it's not for you, Uzziah, to burn incense to the Lord, but for the priests, the sons of Aaron, who are consecrated to burn incense. Go out of the sanctuary, for you have done wrong, and this will bring you no honor from the Lord God. Verse 19 says, Then Uzziah was angry 
And he had a censer in his hand to burn the incense. And when he became angry with the priest, leprosy broke out on his forehead in the presence of the priest and in the house of the Lord by the altar of incense. And Azariah, the chief priest, and all the priests looked at him, and behold, he was leprous on his forehead. And they rushed him out quickly, and he himself hurried to go out because the Lord had struck him. And King Uzziah was a leper to the day of his death. And being a leper, he lived in a separate house and he was excluded from the house of the Lord. Talking about a brother who moved mountains for the Lord. Talking about a brother who was marvelously helped. And yet, he became proud. He looked over at that money rolling in. He looked at the fact that his army couldn't be beat. He looked at the fact that he had dug cisterns. His, his city, the, the countryside of Judah, was self-sufficient. It had food. It had water. It had borders. It had machine guns. It had everything that he would need to survive. And yet, when that pride welled up in him, he said, you know what? I'm going to go talk to the Lord myself. And so he grabs this incense and he walks into the sanctuary. Now you're like, well, why is that such a big deal? Because it wasn't his job. It wasn't his job, nor was it his place. You see, in the Old Testament, God had one group of people who could go make sacrifice for for the people and it wasn't the king but when king uzziah was filled with pride he didn't care about customs he didn't care ultimately what god had said what he said was i'm going to go do what i want and there's going to be no ramifications because i'm the king and yet he goes in and notice what the priest like it wasn't just a guy that showed up and goes excuse me mr king you're in the wrong place This brother showed up with 80 priests. And it says they were afraid. Uh, Uzziah was such a guy that it was 80 on one, and the 80 was afraid. They were fearful of of what Uzziah could do. They were fearful of the moment. And they're they're coming, they're like, King, what you've done is not going to bring honor to you. What you've done is not going to bring glory to you. You have disobeyed the Lord God. And you know what? If the story would have been different, If King Uzziah would have went to the place and said, Gentlemen, you are absolutely correct. I shouldn't be here. I'm going to repent. Will you ask forgiveness over my sins as I repent of those? Man, the story would have ended different. The story would have been very different. When we own our sin, when we say, you know what, this is me. I'm I'm the sinner in the story. I've messed up. I have fallen here. I'm going to ask the Lord for forgiveness, and I'm going to relish in this repentance and experience the grace of God. The story would have been different, but it says that when he got called out, when he got called out because he was prideful, because he was boastful, it says that he became angry. And he's holding the scepter, right? He's holding the, the flame at which he's supposed to light the incense, and it says that he was enraged. And you know, you just place yourself in that moment. He squeezed that scepter a little harder. He's mad. He's looking at these priests, and he's, how dare they speak to the king like that? They just told me to get up out of this place. I own this place. It says, as he's struggling here, it says, leprosy breaks out across his forehead. As he's dealing with anger, he's mad at the priest. He's mad at the whole situation. He lets his anger grow up because our strength will lead to us being angry. 
We think we're something, and all of a sudden somebody calls us out. We deal with it in anger and malice. And here this brother is. He's strong, and he thinks he's something, and he breaks out in anger. And the priests freak out because they realize the Lord had struck him. This is the most powerful guy in all of the world at the time. And yet here he is now standing in a place he shouldn't be with a tool that he shouldn't have. And he's in the wrong. And now he's been punished for it. A lot of times we think God's wrath is far from us. A lot of times we think we're bigger than the judgment of the Lord. And listen, I don't care if you're a believer or a pagan today. God doesn't look at your sin and go, no, that's okay. He's never done that. God's never looked at your sin and said, you know what, this is, I'm going to let this one slide. He's always had the same standard from Genesis to the Revelation to today. God has never changed his stance on sin. And he's always, and listen, you're like, but I'm a believer. Yeah. But as your dad disciplined you when you were wrong, if you had a good father, he did that. He disciplined you when you were wrong. As a parent would do that, God would do that too. God will do that too. God will bring punishment against you. Yeah, he loves you. Yeah, his grace is being displayed. In fact, sometimes as parents, we have to, it's not fun. I mean, only a couple of people I know think it's enjoyable to beat a child. Like Katie gets on to me because I don't, I don't like hitting Caleb. I don't like it. It's not like, oh, let me go wear out them little thunder thighs, right? That's not what I, like, I don't like it. But I also don't want him to grow up thinking he can have all the authority in the world. He has to be obedient. So I have to. I have to, I have to beat him. And I don't, I don't leave bruises, right? I don't need a call from DHR today. But I have to discipline my child when he's wrong. And whether that comes through a, a spanking or I'm able to verbalize that, which with him right now is impossible. You have to do, and you have to protect, and God will do the same thing. King Uzziah finishes his legacy. And listen, everybody knew this brother. Everybody knew that guy. His fame went miles beyond his providence. And yet, here now we have a brother who has leprosy. And in this day and age, there was no worse disease you could contract. Because what leprosy meant for him was he was now secluded. What leprosy meant for him now was he was no longer king. He could no longer worship. He could no longer celebrate his kingdom or his kingship. He could no longer celebrate the Lord. In fact, this was an eternal punishment until the day he died. Which is where most of us know King Uzziah from. And the day he died, in the year of that day, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. Today, are you strong in the Lord? Because here, here's the deal. Uzziah's sin is what led to his destruction. Uzziah's sin led to his destruction as your sin will lead to your destruction. Today, if you're here today, you're, you're trying to be proud you're trying to be something. You're trying, you're, you, you think you have to somehow be some type of macho man that the Lord's going to use. God's never, God's never used ghost guys. Remember, nobody was as big as Goliath. Nobody was as strong as Goliath. 
Nobody could take the Philistines because of Goliath, and yet God used a teenage farm boy from Judea with a slingshot to take that brother down. We never, ever should get in a place where we think we're something because in that moment that we think we're something, our fall will be close. Pride leads to destruction. Today, are you walking humbly with the Lord? Are you seeking first His kingdom over yours? Listen, don't build a kingdom here. Don't build a kingdom here. The Bible talks about that brick and mortar, it will fail. It will fail. Your kingdom you build here will fall. Every house has a date in which we will tear it down or God will do it himself. That, that vehicle that we want so bad, in five years you'll trade it in. That, that cell phone that you cling to, you'll drop it and break it. You've done, you've done it 30 times. Your parents done bought six of them. Like, everything we have has an expiration date. Hey, listen here. Even that body you're dwelling in has an expiration date. Everything we have on this planet will fail. So we don't live for what is perishable. We live for imperishable. We live for a glory to come and a kingdom that will live forever. Today, if you're struggling with pride, listen, if you're a non-believer today, you're not living in the promise of Jesus. Christ has offered you more. Listen, when we're weak in the Lord, we are helped, marvelously helped. We're blessed. We're given, listen, now one day, listen, I never thought being a pastor would, would be my profession. I didn't grow up thinking, you know, one day I'm going to be a pastor and I'm going to stand in front of people and tell them what I think. Never thought that. Never wanted that. Wasn't like career day, I didn't show up dressed in a suit and tie, right? It wouldn't happen. I wanted to be something else. Army, firefighter, something cool, Right? I don't think being a pastor, like, nobody's like, you know what I'll be when I grow up? A pastor, right? Nobody says that. Because they saw their pastor get run out of town, right? Nobody says that. But when we humble ourselves and realize in our weakness, in, in, when the moment we're in complete reliance on God, we're at the best place we can be. You know what? No, when, when you submit and you forsake yourself, that, that prosperity that the Bible talks about here may not be your checking account. That prosperity may not be you get a bigger house or a nicer car or your wife loves you more. That may not be what that means. But what it will mean is you're doing exactly what God's called you to do. You're doing it exactly the way God's called you to do it, and He's going to bless your faithfulness. So if you've never accepted Christ, come walk in that. Man, what, you're, you're trying all on your own, and you're not going to get there. And you've experienced that. You're looking, you're longing for something to fill a void that, that earthly stuff can't fill. But God will get there and show you how big that hole was. God will get there and show you what that void was in your life and how he's going to fill it. He's going to bring all things to good of those who love him. For those today who are proud, man, there's an altar for repentance today. Don't walk this earth proud because you'll walk close to your destruction. Maybe you realize you've got sin before the Lord too. And unlike Uzziah, you want to cast it at the feet of Jesus and repent on it. Whatever you need to do in this time, we're going to give you the invitation to do that. Will you pray with me? Father, we thank you for this day. And we thank you for the truth of your, of your scriptures, of your word. 
Lord, that we are to remain weak at your feet where we're completely relying on you. We are unable today. In fact, we're admitting today, Father, we are unable to do anything today on our own that would impress you. In fact, we're leaning in towards you, hoping that you do a work in our life, hoping that you do something in us that we can't do on our own. Father, we're asking you today to draw people near. We're asking you today for those people who need to repent. You give them the boldness to come down and find an altar. Find a room on an altar where they can, they can admit their transgressions and, and humbly repent before you. For those people who need to be saved today, Lord, don't, don't let the adversary, don't let Satan tell them to wait another week. Don't let Satan tell them, put this off. But may they walk with boldness and celebratory of what you've done for them. We entrust this time to you in Christ's name we pray. Amen.